Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sent with Emphasis. I am pumped about this episode, okay? It's been requested by many of you. There's a lot of people going through as we speak. My little brother is moving to college this Wednesday, and his stuff is literally right outside my door. It's back to school time. College is here. High school is here. If you're in middle school and you're listening to this, I love you, and middle school is here as well. It is go time. For those of you who are new here, I graduated college in the spring and it is so weird that it is the first fall that I am not going back to school and I'm moving in about a couple weeks and I am actually really getting excited because as fall's coming and football games are starting and everyone's classes are starting, I'm like, okay, I honestly have FOMO. Like I loved school. I loved being a student no matter what age I was at. So having it all happen and me not being a student for the first time in what, 18 years? 19 years? I don't even know. A lot of freaking years. It's so weird. So many of you are heading off to college right now, and I am here to give you advice. I don't know if any of you are old enough to know the show Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, but if you are, consider this Katie's Declassified College Survival Guide, okay? We're going all in. I'm giving you advice on absolutely everything. I am wholeheartedly so jealous of every single one of you out there right now sitting in your dorm room, sitting on your twin XL mattress, wherever you are. But more importantly, you have come to the right place. There is not one podcast out there who is going to go through it all better than this one. And even if you're not a college freshman or you won't be one for a while, you will learn something new here. We are going to hammer out all of the topics that you want to know about making friends, being homesick, going to class, not going to class, how you're forced to know what you want to do with your life at age 18, switching majors, going out. We're going to cover it all. All right. Because college is weird and it's fun and it's chaotic but it's unlike any other experience in your entire life. And that is what makes it so damn fun. Okay, before we dive in, in all seriousness, a little bit of a mental health note, college is a change. It's a lot at once. You're gonna be overwhelmed. You're gonna be stressed. It's unlike anything you've been through, but you will get through it. My freshman year, there was a horrible, horrible incident in my dorm. And it wasn't in my room, but it was on my floor. And it's something that to this day, I think everyone on my floor in that dorm will remember. And I'm not going to give any more details just out of respect and privacy purposes, but please listen to me when I say you are never alone. You will be okay. You will make it through whatever you feel like you won't. Even if you feel like everyone is doing so much better and having so much more fun than you, everyone is always going through something. You will figure it out, I promise. And if you need a break, give yourself a break. Life isn't supposed to break you and there is nothing that is too stressful and hard that you can't get through. So remember that first and foremost, before I get into anything else, you are a fucking beast. You are on this earth for a reason. And even if you are struggling with finding your place, trust me, so are a lot of other people. You're not alone ever, 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 okay? So remember that. Love each and every one of you. Just want to put that out there because college is a huge change, but you will make it. You are not alone. And also, a little disclaimer going off of that. This is all my advice. It's just coming from my perspective and no two people are the same. So if you hear my advice and you're like, Katie, what the hell are you talking about? We're two different people. We're going to have two different experiences no matter even if you follow all of this advice to a T. And that's the beauty of college, okay? All right, let's dive in. So college is really unlike any other time in your life because it's genuinely just a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds like living together all over one town. You're just spread out on campus. You're all living together. It's like a fishbowl. You're just shoved there. You're waking up. You're going to class. You're doing the same thing every day. You're doing literally whatever you want to every day. And everyone else is in the same exact boat. Like you, you literally have no one telling you what to do, what not to do. I mean, you definitely have people telling you what you should be doing, but you, you don't have that supervision that you've had your whole life. It's almost like a, like a trial run or like a utopia before adulthood. It's such a change, but it's so cool. So to begin, embrace that, embrace that change, allow yourself to be flexible Allow yourself to just enjoy everything and get to know the people and the places that surround you. There will be time to settle in. You can even make time to settle in right away 
after the first week, after the first two weeks, whatever you need. But when things are going on freshman year, be part of it. Allow yourself to get out of a routine from time to time in order to experience all these things. Do the freshman things, okay? That's my first piece of advice. Be flexible and do the freshman year things. Go to the org fair, go to the club meetings, go eat at your dining hall, go do the weird prank shit that people do in dorm rooms, okay? Just do the freshman things because it's the only time you really get to use your year as an excuse. Like if someone brings up something you did freshman year, from here on out, you get to be like, oh, that was my freshman year. Like I didn't even know what I was doing. You know, it's kind of like a clean slate. So why not take advantage of it? And like I said, Everyone is in the same boat as you. Everyone is doing the freshman year things. That's how you meet people. That's how you kind of form a community. And it may be stupid, but it'll be an experience if it is. Next, if you have the slightest interest in doing something, go do it. It does not hurt to try something new. If you feel like studying production or broadcast or English literature or whatever it is, take a class on it join a club. It does not hurt. No one is telling you that you need to commit to everything. College is all about trial and error. If you want to do an intramural pickleball league, sign up. If you want to learn French or play sheep's hat every week or learn kickboxing or whatever, sign up. Okay. It's not that serious and it doesn't have to be. That is really a freeing feeling to realize because obviously high school, there are clubs and whatnot, but there's often stigma around joining certain clubs or doing certain activities. And people are just so damn judgmental in high school for no reason. And it's hard to get out from underneath that. But college is a chance to do whatever you want to do, to sign up for things you've always wanted to try. Or honestly, you know what? Maybe it's something you didn't even think you wanted to try. Maybe you're looking at all the little frat boys and the sorority girls and you're like, "Mm, I kind of want to be one of them. So if you want to rush a frat or join a sorority, I wasn't even in one, but I will be the first to encourage you to do so. Because if it's not for you, then it's not for you. So be it. But the best thing you can do is try because you will meet people doing so and you'll have an experience no matter what. I will say when I went into college, I have that judgment around sororities. I'm from the Midwest. It's not big around here. Not a lot of people or really anyone (laughs) was joining sororities where I'm from. I didn't know much about it. And I knew what I saw. I knew the screaming girls in the doorway. I knew the matching cringy outfits and the dances and the glitter and everything. And I honestly hate that I went in with that judgment because had the rush process been four months later when I'd learned more about it, I 100% would have joined a sorority. I dropped, I think, the rush process after the third round because I just wasn't feeling it. But it's not that I wasn't feeling the houses. It's just I was feeding into what everyone else was saying about sororities. You know, people from home were like, why are you doing this? Why are you rushing? And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. And I, I think I just told myself it wasn't for me and never really gave it much of a shot. And I won't go into depth on Greek life here, but... All I'm trying to say is there are so many more parts of it than you see. And that goes for everything else. There are so many more parts of things than the stigma that surrounds it. So if you don't try it, you'll never know. And if you do rush or you do join something and you hate it, then so be it. Who cares? You tried it. Nothing will be different than what you're doing right now. So why not just give it a go? And while you're in the midst of trying all these new things, another piece of advice I have for you is to make sure not to lose sight of who you are. You'll be going through phases, trying new stuff, learning new things, but try to shift all of this so that it helps you grow into the person you want to become instead of change who you already are, if that makes sense. If you can maintain some sort of habit or routine that keeps you grounded, it goes a long way. Whether that's going for a run every morning or writing or keeping up with the wordle or watching Sunday football or doing whatever you have to do, keeping a habit that is like an outlet for you to maintain who you are will help keep you grounded. My second piece of advice, if you are one of those people who don't know what you want to do with your life, do not worry. Okay. It is okay to switch majors. And even if you are one of those people who does feel like you have everything figured out, you know exactly what you want to do with your life, but then maybe you hit junior year and you're like, holy shit, what have I gotten myself into? That's okay too. 
I remember when I was in high school, I looked at college with this super straight and narrow road mindset. And what I mean by that is I thought, okay, so I pick a major and then I get all my classes laid out for me for every semester of every year. And even if I take one class for wiggle room, it's like, sorry, you're adding another year. And that's just not true to an extent. You know, if you're taking 30 credits of bullshit classes that don't count towards anything, yeah, you might be pushing that fifth, six year mark, but you're allowed to have breathing room to explore. And I know that obviously fluctuates by your major, but one, two, three classes, no matter what, aren't going to kill you. And this leads into my next piece of advice. Don't be scared to explore other majors. At the very worst, adding on an extra semester or year is so much better than spending the rest of your life doing something you hate. When you think about it, it's honestly a little bizarre for an 18-year-old to decide what they want to do with their life, okay? When we're 18, we weren't even able to vote or bet on a horse race or get a tattoo a year prior. We're not going to know what we want to do for the rest of our lives. So don't feel obligated to have it all figured out. Two of my roommates fully switched majors like three times. One of them came in as pre-business. She switched to journalism. She wanted to do sports communications for a while. She debated pre-law and she graduated pre-med, okay? And she's graduating in four and a half years. That should be enough proof you need to take wiggle room if you want it, to explore other majors if you want it. And truthfully, it doesn't have to be a huge jump. A lot of time your interests are similar. You know, you love business. You just don't know if it's the accounting side, the marketing, the finance, the supply chain, the strategic communications. And the trick to exploring that doesn't have to be a daunting thing. It really doesn't have to be a switch in major at all. If you just enroll in a class in that desired field, you'll learn more about it. You'll see if it's meant for you. Everyone in college has to take general education courses or gen ed courses. You need X amount of credits in natural sciences, social sciences, literature, whatever it is. So why not take a class that counts for those credits that you're interested in? My freshman year, oh my gosh, I, <laughs> I had to take a biological science course for my gen eds and I took genetics. I freaking love genetics so much. I don't even know why. And it was my first semester of freshman year. So I just dove right into that class, but I freaking love genetics. Okay. Like what the hell? But the point here is, is that college is not a straight and narrow road, okay? And again, I know that differs by major, but there is always room to take a class that you want to take, to explore a major that you want to explore. So if you are feeling like you're stuck and you don't know what to do, that's my advice to you. Use your gen eds wisely. Use them to take courses that you may have an interest in. And going off of that, I know I, I keep saying this, but this advice will get more interesting. I promise. Um, if you have any interest in any field or any profession whatsoever, network. Okay. I know that sounds so lame and networking doesn't have to be you putting on a freaking suit and tie and going to your local law firm and sitting down with a lawyer. It does not have to be like that. You can seriously just talk to your TA or your professor. They're literally being paid to teach you about things, okay? If you pick their brain about their profession or why they picked the field of study that they did, or even if it's someone in your class who has more experience in that field, just talk to them. Getting some sort of idea on what the field is from someone who's actually working in it or has experience in it can help you get a grip on what you do and don't want to do. Take advantage of having a career counselor. You have all these resources literally for free. You can go on your student account or portal or whatever you have and schedule an appointment with any advisor at any time just to talk through things, just to talk through, hey, I know I'm studying communications right now, but I kind of have an interest in kinesiology. You have that resource at your fingertips and it's just further proof that you don't have to be stuck in any one major, okay? So now let's talk about class, okay? Sit wherever you want. If you're blind as a bat or it's pouring rain outside or maybe it's freaking hot as balls and you walk into a classroom and your glasses fog up and you don't want to wear them so you sit in the front of the classroom, who cares? No one cares where you sit. However, there is a unspoken seating chart. After the first week or so, people start to sit in the same spots. Every class, that's just how it goes. 
And if it's a bigger lecture hall, that's obviously different, but still there's usually a general area where you sit every time. Do not be the person who sits in someone else's seat. Yes, I know this seat is unassigned, but it's chivalry, okay? If someone's been coming there every Monday, every Wednesday, every class time sitting in that same seat next to that same person, you don't want to be the asshole that just goes up and takes it, okay? No one likes that asshole. You wouldn't like it if someone did it to you, so use the golden rule, okay? Treat others like you would want to be treated. Sit in the seat that you want to sit in. And then going off of that, still on the class topic, my next piece of advice, arguably one of the most important pieces of advice I will give you throughout this whole episode, make a friend in all of your classes. I'm not saying be best friends with these people. By no means is that what I'm saying. 95% of the time, they won't be people you see outside of class. But having a friend in class makes it so much more enjoyable. And if you miss a class or need help studying for the exam or just someone to text and be like, yo, what the hell is going on? It is necessary to have someone in your class. Plus, class friends are low-key the best. Another piece of class advice, use the stickies feature on your computer. I have a Mac, so I can't really speak on PCs, but I'm assuming there's a similar function. It's just an app that comes with your computer. If you click on the search bar in your finder or wherever and type in stickies, it'll pop up. They're just virtual sticky notes that stick right on your home screen. And the reason they're nice is because you can just keep track of everything right there. You can make a list of everything you have to do for the week for your classes. You maybe use another sticky for work or stuff you have to do outside of school. They're just great to have because you're always on your computer in college and these stickies will follow you wherever you are because they're just right there on your home screen, okay? And setting aside time within your first couple of weeks, even if it's just an hour or so, going to a coffee shop or a library with a friend, And just organizing your schoolwork and your syllabus is so important. And that syllabus, the damn syllabus, okay? Arguably the biggest difference between high school and college besides the obvious workload and the drinking tendencies is the syllabus, okay? It is your holy grail. Your professors are not responsible, nor are they going to update you on upcoming due dates or things that are going to be on your exam or requirements for your end of the year project. It will all be in your syllabus. That's where you will find everything. In high school, you had a reminder or a teacher email or an email blast out to the whole school about every little assignment down to the daily modules. This isn't the same in college. You may get some heads up for exams or a massive project deadline, but it's your responsibility. So download your digital or PDF version of all of your syllabuses, syllabi, syllabuses, Is it syllabi or syllabi? I don't even know. Okay, we'll go with syllabi, but literally make a folder on your desktop, name it school, and just put those digital syllabi right in there, okay? Take them one by one, go through and write down all of those due dates. If you're a cutesy little planner girly with colored pens like me, go in with your pens and highlighters and write down those dates. Or you could use my recommendation, and I cannot recommend it enough. I almost want to give like a little tutorial or maybe I'll make a TikTok on it or something, but a master due date spreadsheet. It's super simple. Mine is genuinely still bookmarked on this Google browser that I have open right now as I speak, but you go into Microsoft or Google spreadsheets, you make a column for your assignments, for your due dates, for your class that it's in, and then you go through each of your syllabi one at a time and write down those assignment dates, those exam dates, the classes that they're in, and then you press sort. And everything in your spreadsheet will be sorted by due date, by class, by assignment, in chronological order. So if it's a Sunday and you want to know what you have to do for your upcoming week, you can just pull up your handy dandy little master due date spreadsheet. It's super easy. Just make three columns, assignment, due date, class, press sort by due date. You're good to go. You can even give each class its own color, which makes the spreadsheet a little prettier, a little easier to navigate. There you go. Also, Don't beat yourself up if you don't get what is going on or if you get your first college grade back and it's lower than anything you ever got in high school. You're adjusting. It's okay. You'll learn. Take advantage of your TAs. They literally have to help you. If you're really struggling, reach out to advisement or people who can help you. 
All right, enough talking about classes. You guys are like, Katie, we're not actually going to college to learn. All right, let's talk about meeting people. You're thrown into this fishbowl where everyone's there. How do you meet people and how do you make friends? First of all, if you have a cool roommate, which sorry guys, I had the coolest roommate, shout out Hunter. Hate to break it to you, it won't be cooler than her. But if you by chance have a decently cool roommate, get to know them. Because then you don't have to do all the other things alone. Even if you can tell that you guys aren't going to be best friends, it's still nice to have someone to meet other people with. And the best tip I can give you all is if you are in the dorms for your first week, keep your doors open, okay? I'm not saying while you're sleeping or while you're changing, but when you're just chilling in your room, keep the doors open to invite other people in. It sounds stupid, but everyone does it and it makes all the difference because people are walking by, people will just walk right in. It's easy to meet others when your dorm room is open because other people will assume you're trying to make friends. Everyone is looking for friends. My cousin Kelly will be the biggest advocate on this because she always says, has she not kept her door open, she wouldn't have met her best friends. And I had a very similar experience. We have guy friends that were right across the hall that we were close with all throughout college. My best friends, Maddie, Anna, Grace, Nicole, all those people. We met them just by living down the hall and keeping our door open. Be open to starting a conversation with someone, whether you're introverted or extroverted. I know if you're introverted, it's going to have to be a little more of a push, but you're going to have to meet people regardless. And it doesn't have to be all awkward. Like, hi, I'm Katie. Um, I have a podcast. What's your name? Like, no, you can just be like, hey, what room number are you in? Or, oh, are you on this side of the hallway? Oh, you're in this dorm. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge, hey, what are you doing here? Like, you know what I'm fucking doing here. I'm sleeping here. I'm doing what everyone else is doing here. Just be cool. Ask a normal question. Be chill. Doesn't matter. 95%. Okay, I'm just throwing around stats. I don't even know if this is accurate. But around 95% of the people in the dorms are trying to make friends. Okay. So when people were requesting this episode, one of the questions I was asked was, how long did it take for you to find the right group of people? I actually sent this question to my college roommates because all of us have obviously found the right people, but the journey was so different for each of us. And just here are the answers that they gave. One of my roommates said, I would say there is no time limit, so don't put pressure on yourself or be upset if you don't meet them at the right time. She said, some people are lucky to meet their lifelong friends the first week of college. Some people move through friendships and groups before they find their people. Just trust your gut with the people you meet. And then being the person you are attracts the kind of people you meet. And she says, kind of finishing off there, so try to be your best self and be open to friendships because you will find them. My other roommate said, I feel like you could also think you've met your people, then realize they're not who you thought they were or good for you. And that doesn't mean you're not going to find the real ones later. I think that's also such a great point, too, because we've talked a lot about dorms in this episode and keeping your doors open and meeting people down the hall. But a lot of times you could meet those girls, you know, form a little bit of a group and then get to know them and really hate it. And then it's kind of like, so what? So what do I do now? So how do I go about this? And the thing is, is you always will. There always will be another way. There's always so many opportunities to meet people. My roommate abroad, who I had no idea who she was until my junior year, was in a class with one of my roommates and I met her abroad and we became super close friends. And then I met a ton of other people abroad, you know? And those are people I didn't even foresee in my life my freshman year. And that's just a perfect example to show that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's not like if you don't meet a great group of people on your dorm floor or your roommate isn't cool that you aren't gonna find that group because they're coming. So then my other roommate said, I think it's so important that in order to make friends, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and potentially look like an idiot. I think that is the most honest thing you can say. And I absolutely love that answer because if anyone's listening who's extroverted like I am, or honestly, actually, if anyone's listening who's introverted and you're talking to someone and you're just going for it and they kind of give you a reaction that you're not wanting, or maybe, you know, they're being a little bit itchy or they're kind of being a dick and they're just not being as friendly as you are and you feel like an idiot, don't let that kind of degrade you. Don't let that bring you down and hold you back from continuing to meet new people because the people who are meant to be in your life will react to that kindness, will react to that openness in a good way. 
I would also suggest not fixating on the idea of a friend group right away. I think the idea of a group itself can be kind of toxic and unattainable if you're looking at it that way. Like, I need a group of six. I need these girls that I'm going to do everything with and I don't need anyone else. Because it starts to form naturally and you will get a group of friends, but it starts by meeting individuals. It doesn't start by, okay, us two, you two, and you two, we're a group, that's it. It's kind of like once you start meeting more people, your group will form naturally. And I also think naturally, you know, just like high school, just like any other grade that you've been in, those groups will kind of ebb and flow. You might have your freshman year friends. You might have your sorority friends. You might have the friends you were close with junior year, you know, and a lot of your best friends will definitely be in multiple of those groups, but forming one small good support system definitely comes naturally and it will come. Also, this group chat was just one group of friends. It was just our college roommates, but we also had our guy friends. We each individually had friends outside of the group. Uh, Like I said, my junior year, I went abroad and met my seven abroad besties who stayed my friends in a group through my entire senior year. We had our other best friends who didn't live in the house, like shout out Grace, Anna, Marley. There was just so many other people that you are going to meet. And I know it's kind of human nature to crave belonging to something and a group kind of fills that void but a group will come no matter how it looks so yeah that was kind of a whirlwind answer to the question of when do you finally meet the right group of people and I do think a lot of that is in your control I think if you put in the effort to really meet people to really get to know people to include the right ones and you know if someone is giving you a wrong vibe or it doesn't sit well in your gut. But as you continue on your journey, you'll stay close to the people who are physically close to you, like in your dorm room or those you live with, and it will just stick. It may ebb and flow with different people at different times, but the ones who are meant to stay will stay. And kind of switching gears, still on the same related topic, but one big change about freshman year is obviously the transition from high school, but also the transition from high school friends. I had and obviously still do. I mean, I'm still close and like consider these girls like my best friends, but I had like the best friends in high school and that was great and I loved where I was from and I loved where I grew up. But here's the first thing I learned and I remember vividly learning this in college. Don't search for friends to fill the voids of your hometown friends. I'm going to use random names here and say, I'm going to use random names here, but say your high school best friends are, I don't know, like Ashley... Let's say McKenna and and Eve. Like Eve. Why did I say Eve? Yes, your hometown best friend uh, was actually the first woman on the face of the earth. Your hometown best friend ate the forbidden fruit. Okay. Yes, you and Eve, besties, whatever. So Ashley, Bryn, and Eve, those are your girls, your freaking homies, your ride or dies. No matter who you meet in college, Ashley, Bryn, and Eve will always still be your girls. Okay. That relationship will always still be there. And if they're true friends, you'll be able to pick up right where you left off the next time you see each other, no matter how much time has gone on in between. You'll all grow more and change and develop and whatnot, but at the core, your friendship will stay the same. So don't go trying to find someone who will be your Bryn or as funny as Ashley or as crazy as Eve. You know, she gets a little crazy sometimes because no two people are the same. And your friendship to everyone you meet is individual. And that doesn't mean you won't be as close to your college friends as you were to your high school friends, but it's just a lesson that I learned that everyone you meet is different from the next. Don't have a judgmental bias or kind of a front up because someone isn't similar to your friends at home. Nope, nope, nope. We're not doing that. Be open to everyone because the right ones will stick and who knows, maybe the new girl, Courtney down the hall, brings more to the table and is more of a friend to you than Ashley, Bryn, or Eve even was, okay? Okay, I'm done saying these names, but you know what I mean. College is the time where you get to be friends with whoever you want. In high school, you definitely do pick your friends, but you have significantly less people to choose from, which of course, I'm not saying that as a bad thing whatsoever. I went to school with the same people for like 14 years of my life and my school was tiny. Still, a lot of them are my best friends, but in college, if you don't like someone, you don't have to be friends with them. And that's not saying you need to be like an asshole and just ghost this person, but you don't need to maintain a friendship that isn't serving you anymore because you might run into them in the halls or they're in your literature class or you're going to see them walking into high school. 
you get to choose. And in that sense, you get to fully be yourself and those people will align with you. There's also so many different types of friendships. Maybe you have a workout friend or a friend you go out with or a class friend. And that's another point. Friendships are not all or nothing. I'd also say do your best to not be clicky or have that preconceived judgment like I've said because you just really don't know these people you only know a small percentage of these people right off the bat whereas in high school or in middle school you know you knew her growing up you knew how she acted in second grade you know her brother you know her family okay here you really don't know these people so give them a chance and yes if they're not for you then they won't be for you and maybe you'll all grow each other or most likely just go separate ways But the ones who are meant to stay will stay plain and simple. They'll want to be friends with you too. And that's my last piece of advice on this topic. Choose people who choose you. And that same thing goes for situationships and boyfriends and girlfriends, as I'm sure a lot of you will encounter. But choose the people who choose you. If there's someone out there who's putting in time and effort to be your friend, give it a go. If you don't end up getting close, that's fine. But choose the people who choose you. All right, now let's touch on homesickness. A lot of people right away, you move into your dorm, your parents leave, you're sitting on your bed just thinking, what the hell do I do now? Sitting with that sinking feeling, I feel like stays for a couple weeks. You might start to feel homesick. You might start to question yourself, second guess your choices. What am I doing here? Why am I so far away from home? Whatever it may be, homesickness is inevitable, especially in your first semester. And there's a different kind of homesickness you feel when you're a freshman or undergoing a huge change, and that feeling will go away. You'll always love home or sometimes a craving to be there, especially if you're away from it or loved where you're from. But that feeling and that drop in your stomach, like you just feel lost and that craving for home will go away. The first thing I can say for that is to have a plan for the next time you'll see your friends and family. This is a piece of advice my mom always gives. And even when she dropped me off at college, she already had a date of the next time her and my family were going to see me. I think it was like a game day a couple weeks later or whatever. And if it isn't possible or easy for you to see your family, maybe schedule the next time you'll call them or FaceTime them or have something planned for when your best friends are coming out or when you're going to see someone from home next. Next piece of advice, talk to people from home. It's the beauty of our phones. Like I said, schedule a FaceTime. You can talk to whoever right at our fingertips. Just because you're in college doesn't mean you need to cut off everyone and everything from home. When you're alone, homesickness is at your worst. So when you can talk to others and feel less lonely, do it. But I also will restrict you from consistently falling back on calling your parents or your siblings or people at home instead of just attacking this homesickness. Meet other people, go out and explore and meet other people because I guarantee you the next person you meet, they're going to be struggling with homesickness too. Maybe not now, but maybe they will be in a week or so and then they'll be able to come to you. Opening up about things like that is what really gets you close with people. It's not the shots at the bar. It's not the sharing clothes. It's talking about things that you're actually going through and that relate to who you are. If you love home and you're freaking scared or you're confused or you don't know what you're doing at college, talk to someone about it. Another tip is having something in your apartment that reminds you of home. It's not supposed to make you like freaking sad or like moving your whole couch into your dorm room, but just a little comfort. Even if it's a little photo of your family or your favorite pillow from home or the tiny sign that your mom has in the bathroom or whatever it is, just steal it. Like just steal, just steal from your parents. Wait, actually on that note, steal from your parents. Okay. This is going off track a little, but, and you know, depending on how they feel, maybe don't steal all the time. But if you're going home for a weekend, freaking load up your car with all the groceries and all the paper towel from home. The shopping is done for you. Hopefully your parents won't charge you for it and you can just take it back to school. Because if they're offering and it's available and it's right there, why not just grab it? Okay, so back to that. Steal from your parents. That's actually the whole overarching tip of this whole episode. Steal from your parents. Um, But yeah, having a little sentiment to home, wherever home is for you, weirdly makes your new place feel like home. And my last piece of advice for homesickness is getting a routine. 
if you worked out all the time at home or in high school, go back to those habits in college. Find your coffee shops to go to and study. Find your spots on campus where you can just sit and chill and read or just talk to someone. Find your favorite place to sit in the library. Find your places to go out and places to eat, your walking paths, whatever it is. But find your new spots that make your campus feel like home. Because when you first get on that campus, you're basically a guest in a new city. You don't know the lay of the land. You're not comfortable. You don't feel like you can let your guard down. Having places that feel like your own are the solution to that. You have an entire campus to go to and do whatever you want. So go in search of those spots you want to return to. And yes, get into a routine because the more you get in a routine, the more a new place feels like home and the more you get settled and the less you think about home. Any routine helps. Go buy the groceries you loved having at home, put them in your dorm room, search up easy meals to make in dorm rooms on TikTok or something like that, and just try your best to make your new space feel like home. Rearrange your dorm so it's comfortable. If you're a light sleeper, which I literally was, and I was in the loudest dorm on campus, won't change it for the world, I loved it, but I'm a light sleeper, so so I got a fan, like a loud fan for my room, and I also used a white fan box noise that I would just have by my ears. Anything that helps you sleep better or makes you more comfortable in your new little box of a room will help. If you want to get a diffuser with essential oils or go to the farmer's market, get flowers for your room, whatever it is. And if having a little bit of homesickness is the price you pay for growing up and growing into the person you're meant to be and trying something new for yourself, then embrace that. Home will be home. And like the cliche says, there's no place like it, but there is no time like now to go out into the world and become the person you want to be. You would regret staying put at home. You would regret not taking the risk that you are now. So really embrace that. All right, now let's get into some fun pieces of advice, some niche little pieces. Number one, if a bar is being raided, meaning the cops are showing up and checking the IDs of everyone in the bar, well, first of all, run if you're underage. If you're not underage, just you don't need to run. Maybe take another shot. I don't know. Um, But if you're underage and the cop asks for your ID, give the cop your real ID. You will save yourself from a four-figure fine. That's right. That's a grand you'd be looking at for both underage drinking and identity theft. And you don't want to deal with that. Whereas if you hand them your real ID, yes, you'll probably still get an underage considering you were drinking at the bar. But you won't have that identity theft and also, and it will be the bar's fault in essence because you're like, well, I got in with this ID. They let me in. It's not my fault. Saves you a lot of money and a lot of stress. Number two, everyone does their laundries on Sundays, especially in the dorms. That laundry room is going to be packed. So if you can do it any other day of the week, you'll save yourself. Maybe you don't have class on Friday, do it Fridays. Maybe you only have one class in the morning on Wednesdays, do it Wednesdays, whatever it is. Everyone always does their laundry on Sundays. Next up, take 400 million photos, okay? It's annoying and maybe you don't need photos of you at the pregame with your friends and 100 photos of you doing the same exact pose in your like sorority squat. You probably don't need that, but take a bunch of photos and videos of everything else, little candids of everyone else, you guys at the pregame, it doesn't have to be a posed photo, just getting little candids that you can look back and remember, you won't regret. And also make a shared album with all of your friends and add all of your favorite memories in there. That way you will always have those no matter what. Also, you don't have to airdrop all the time. If you just add them in there, it's easy enough. Next, okay, listen closely. When you're in a liquor store for the first time, Don't even look at the Fleischmann's or the Svedka or walk around the store like you don't know what's going on. It's a dad giveaway that you're a freshman and they are going to look at your ID extra hard at the checkout. If you pull up with a bottle of freaking Fleischmann's vodka or Gordon's vodka or whatever it is, they will probably (laughs) assume that you are underage because no one in their right mind over the age of 21 is purchasing those. Tip number five, 
mini deodorant and chapstick are going to be your best friend. For some reason, every time I walk to class, no matter if it's negative five degrees or 55 degrees, I always sweat. Something about the backpack being pressed up against your back, you're always going to sweat. If you have a deodorant in your backpack, you can just add a little swipe swipe before you walk into class, you are golden. Same thing for going out. I've talked about this on a previous episode. If you have a mini deodorant that you can fit in your pocket or your purse and you go into the bathroom and put that on, you are ahead of the game. That is such an elite move. Same for chapstick. That's a given. Chapstick's just go to ever needs to have it all the time. All right, number six. If you feel like you're just spending money randomly, one column that says cost, one column that says item, track what you are spending. When you're in college, you have, well, financial freedom to an extent, you know what I mean? But you have all these stores, all these food places, all these bars that you're just going out and spending money on. You're going to get to a point where you're like, holy shit, I don't even know how much money I spent this weekend. Keeping track of it allows you to keep a pulse on all of that and really does make a big difference so that you don't look at your bank account on Sunday morning and see $300 gone and not know where it went. All right. Next piece of advice, if you order a vodka cranberry at the bar, it will be very obvious that you are underage. Not like it matters because you are clearly already served, so your work is done, you have a drink in your hand. And also, the vodka cranberry really is a canon event and a great, great drink at a young age. You know, you really outdo it and then you don't like it anymore, but it's great for a while in there. But if you order a vodka cranberry, it's obvious to most that you're underage. Next up, not sure if this was just something at my school or my major or just a bad piece of advice in general, but don't buy your books until syllabus week. A majority of books are online and a lot of times there's extra books or extra materials on the syllabus that you don't need and professors will always address which books you actually need. And again, a lot of those are online. If you like having hard copies, like the physical copies of the book, which I always did, I'd go to the bookstore and get those, but I still would always wait till after syllabus week because sometimes those books just pile up and you don't need them. Oh my gosh, this next piece of advice is so important. I'd actually be curious to know if a lot of you already know this tip, but command F. What is that? Let me explain. Right on your laptop, right on the keys, you press and hold command and then you press and hold F. It allows you to search any word on your screen, okay? Why would you care? Why would I care, Katie? Okay, because when you have a textbook online and you quickly need to find a definition for something or you're taking an open book quiz and you only have 10 minutes and you need to search through all 300 pages of the book, Command F will bring you right to it. Same for your 40 pages of notes that you take. Command F. When did we talk about mitosis? Well, Command F, let's look. Easy enough. That is so important. Thank me later. Next piece of advice, keep a good skincare routine. Something about having a good skincare routine really makes the rest of your life feel put together. And when you're a freshman, you feel anything but put together. So maintaining the skincare is huge. And also, you're kind of engaging in a different lifestyle change. So keeping up with good, healthy habits like skincare goes a long way and makes you feel better. You guys, I am just giving you all of these golden tips. There is a lot of advice on here. Next up, if you want to go out but you don't want to drink, an easy cop-out is getting a water with a lime in it. It looks like a vodka drink. You stay hydrated the whole time. Bang. Number 12, Touch Tunes is underrated, okay? Touch Tunes always has like random discounts where you can get tons of credits for cheap. Just download it. Having good music on at the bar is the ultimate game changer. It can change your mood from seriously horrible, heartbroken, sad, whatever you are, to having a great night, making it the best night ever. It just, music has such a way of shifting the energy and you can control the music being played at a bar. Like, why wouldn't you do that? I'd so much rather spend a little bit of money on a song than another drink. You know what I'm saying? Number 13, speaking of drinks, don't underestimate the pregame, all right? You'll save money, you'll have fun, the vibes are high, you get to dance around. Always make time for a pregame. Number 14, don't stare the bouncer in the eye when you're giving him your ID. He will 
automatically assume that you are guilty of something. And if it's not a fake ID that you're handing him, he's going to think that you committed another crime. Okay. You just look guilty when you're staring the bouncer dead in the face. Look the other way. Talk to your buddy. Look at your watch. Talk to the girl behind you in line. Just do not stare the bouncer in the eye. My next tip, if you want to avoid getting sick, another trick is putting emergency mixed in with your drink. Takes no time, really doesn't make too much of a difference on the taste. Sometimes it adds to it, so it's kind of a plus for you. Just add a little emergency in there. Keep yourself healthy. Get the immune system going. Put that emergency in your drinks. Now a clothing piece of advice. When you're a freshman, you're going to darties, you're going to bars, or you're just going wherever you are. My suggestion for freshman year is to buy clothes from Amazon or cheap clothes anywhere that you can wear for like a simple bar jacket or shoes that you don't care about getting dirty because a lot of times you don't want to care about what you're wearing. You don't want to care about things getting destroyed. And especially when it's winter and you're going to bars and leaving your coat wherever, you don't want to care about it getting stolen, okay? You don't want it to be stolen, but you don't want your night being affected by constantly thinking about it and wanting to monitor it. So getting like cheap bar clothes is kind of the move freshman year. And kind of switching gears from that tip into this one. But if you're someone who, you know what, you don't really like to go out. You don't need to go out all the time. That's okay. Find friends who are like that as well because sometimes there is nothing better than a night in. And number 18. Wow, I am just having you guys fully equipped for this year. But I love this piece of advice. I'm actually really excited to share this with you all. Have a fake Snapchat or a username in the back of your head to wear off people at the bar who you are creeped out by or just don't want to talk to, okay? You don't need to create a brand new fake Snapchat, except honestly, now that I think about it, that'd be kind of cool. Like creating an alter ego Snapchat to wear off people you don't want to talk to. That's kind of hilarious. Anyways, um, but respectfully... If there is a guy or a girl at the bar that's just getting a little too up in your personal space and your gut is not vibing with the situation, give them a fake number. You obviously already know that trick or give them a Snapchat of someone you already know or just a random Snapchat. But more so be aware of how they're acting when they're talking to you or when they're asking for your Snapchat or when you give them theirs. Because if they're a little too close and something feels off or they feel a little forceful, like, yo, let me text you to make sure that's the right number. And it's like aggressive. It's probably a red flag to begin with. And you probably don't even want to be texting this person. Um, and yeah, maybe just like walk or sprint away from that situation, assuming you got a free drink out of it. Kidding, of course. <laughs> um, but I got to a point where, you know, some people just really want the Snapchat. They're like, just give me the Snapchat. I'm like, okay, why? And you know, you'll just be better off giving it to them and then walking away, never speaking to them, whatever. I got to the point <laughs> where I would tell people my name was Jackie and I would give them my friend Jack's Snapchat <laughs> and he would text me and we or we'd be together the next day and he'd be like these random people keep adding me on snap and after the first time it happened I was like yeah that's because I keep handing out your snapchat to men at the bar he was like what the fuck Katie why are you doing that but then after a while we found it kind of funny and I continued to do it because I thought it was hilarious so if you want to steal that Go for it. That's a great piece of advice. And we are down to the last two pieces of advice. Number one, safety precautions. Share your freaking locations with your roommate, with your friends, with your guy friends, whoever. College is so fun, but honestly, make sure you're always aware. We live in such a crazy world and random shit goes on all the time and you can never be too safe. So share your locations with your roommates, your close friends, take care of each other, never walk home alone, be aware of all the hotlines and the kind of precautions that your school takes to help you with this. And if you have a bad feeling about something, stick with it. All right, my last piece of advice, be freaking kind, okay? Be humble, be kind, not to like freaking quote Tim McGraw here, holy shit. But the transition from high school to college is a humbling one. It's a reality check. Maybe you were the cool, I'm holding up air quotes, kid in high school, or you were a phenomenal athlete, or you were the smartest kid in your class. That's great. But I'd caution you in thinking you'll have that same status in college. 
I'm not saying that you shouldn't have goals to be the smartest kid in your class or make a lot of friends or be great on your intramural team. But be aware that you're now entering a school full of other kids who were the smartest in their class or they were the star running back or the pretty girl in high school. I'm not saying you're not smart and I'm not saying you're not hot, okay? You're still a sexy piece of ass. It's all good. But do not feel like you're too good for anyone or too cool for anyone or anything. Humble yourself and just be kind to others. No one out there is less than another. So be kind, meet everyone. Having judgment will only hold you back from meeting people. All right, hot take section. I wanted to do a college-related hot take. My hot take is that I loved in-person classes more than I loved online courses, okay? Are there days where I don't want to go to class or wish it was online or wish that I could just lay in my bed and watch the lecture? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather have a class in person. I get more out of it. You're up and moving more. You feel better about yourself. You feel more productive. You don't fall behind. And... Like I said, I like to learn, dive into everything that's happening. I'd rather have in-person classes. And when you're just seeing someone lecture you over a screen, it's not nearly as much as you'd get out being in person and having people around you. Plus, being in classes is part of the college experience. Weird shit happens in classrooms and lecture halls all the time, and it's hilarious. So embrace that. But yeah, that's my hot take. I love in-person classes. Maybe you will too. I don't know. I actually don't know how many online classes they still offer in college. But yeah, that's my hot take, people. You all need to go out and have a blast. I just really want to reiterate one last time that you're going to hit obstacles. You're going to hit hurdles where you feel homesick or you're just sick in general or you can't get organized in your classes. You can't feel settled. You feel like you can't make friends. Just know that you're doing it. Be proud of yourself for taking the step and going to college, for taking the step and moving to wherever city you did, whether it's 10 minutes away from your house or 20 states away from your house, whatever it is, be proud of yourself and embrace the change. There is no other time in your life like college. There is no other time where you're going to be able to start over and be the person you want to be. You're not tied down by a job. You're not tied down by work or kids or a mortgage or a wife or a husband, whatever. You just get to focus on you. These are your selfish years. So enjoy them. Be good to yourself. You're never alone. Go fucking live it up. And of course, as always, remember to own who you are, mean what you say, and whatever you do, do it with emphasis, baby. I will see you next Tuesday.